and welcome to Conversations with Carissa, a podcast where we'll have conversations so that you and I can learn and grow from the wisdom of others. Welcome to Conversations with Carissa, episode 14. If you're new here by way of Jeremy's episode, potentially, hello, my name is Carissa Pham. This is my podcast, you know, we're community here. Uh, And I'm going to start off how I usually start off with my quote of the day. So the saying goes, when you teach, you learn it twice. I have repeated this to so many people, to myself, and it's just going to come in handy today because I'm going to go back to this quote. Uh, For my gratitude for today, I am finally starting to learn the value of being at the top with people. And not to say I'm at the top of anything right now, but finally walking around, going to the gym, learning that there's space for others and it it isn't scarce. It's a crazy eye-opening thing to learn. Anyways, geese, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about overcoming learned helplessness and how I'm learning to become a champion. The reason why this came to mind is because I'm in a lot of sociology and development classes right now, and they're talking a lot about people of color and what effect that has on people's brains. Honestly, that aside, we watched a documentary called it Class Divided. And essentially it was after Martin Luther King got killed, this teacher, I believe her first name was Jane. (laughs) And she's like, something has to be done. So she ran an experiment in her classroom of third graders. What she did was she made the blue-eyed third graders appear to be smarter, stronger. They would get more privileges, like going to get water from the water fountain. And then those those who were brown-eyed had to go... um, get water cups. Blue-eyed kids had more recess while the brown-eyed kids could not stay out there as long. The reason that I bring this up is because this actually had an impact on the spelling tests, I believe, and math tests that they had. So Jane had tested two weeks before their math performance and I believe like reading comprehension. And two weeks after those tests, after this experiment, those who were brown-eyed actually performed worse on their math and reading comprehension tests. And then roles reverse. The next day she said, okay, well, just kidding. Now the brown-eyed people are the smarter, the more intelligent and kind and actually I don't even think she said kind, just the superior. And what happened was they went from a four minute card deck thing that they read to two minutes. So why do I say all this? I'm so interested because I grew up in Sacramento. I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm not going to say it was all the best now that I've been exposed to a little bit more of the world, but it was okay. And the fact that she ran this experiment, I think she ran it two or three times, but it shows that when there's expectations that are put on you by other people or by society or even your parents or the people around you, it really impacts 
how you see yourself. And it can be a way of comfort uh, to remain, I guess, what's the word? Comfortable or complacent. That is a word. That is a word. And complacency is not a bad thing. This is what Kevin Hart said in one of his podcasts, which I will talk about later. Complacency isn't a bad thing. Like I'm not harping on the people who are complacent. Like you do whatever you want with your life. But I feel like this uh, documentary really exemplified to me that you can be influenced subconsciously to perform worse or on the other hand, perform better when you have high expectations of yourself when others have high expectations of yourself um, of you you can perform at a higher level there's other things that come along with having other people's expectations but I just think that's interesting and something else that I wanted to talk about was my best friend Nana gave me this book it's called what happened to you by Dr. Bruce D. Perry and Oprah love her Uh, but she talks about not what's wrong with you? Like what happened to you when you were younger or even like 10 years ago that impact who you are today? And the doctor, he had this one client or patient, that's the word, that came in and he was a war vet from Korea and he had PTSD. And one day he called him super late at night and was like, hey, can I come in right now with my girlfriend, Sheila or Sally? I forgot the name. And Dr. Perry was like, okay, like that has never happened before, but he sounded very urgent. Like he really needed help. And what had happened was they had went on a date late at night. And all of a sudden he just started ducking and covering because the motorcycle sputtering sparked a reaction in him and the reason why I was so pressing that they come in was because when that happened and he was just huddled up under a car he had actually pushed his girlfriend or hit her um and he couldn't sleep that night and so he just he wanted her he wanted the doctor to explain to her why he's acting the way he is what's happening to him and he used this upside down triangle so if I ever post this video, think of it like this. At the bottom is what we he called the brainstem. So the brainstem controls basically the things that react. So your temperature, your cardiac system, your respiratory system. So think heart beating, your palms are sweating, whatever else happens when you're nervous. The brainstem controls that. And if you then think, if you're looking at my upside down triangle at the far top, that is the cortex. So that's the thing that makes us human. That is the most advanced thing because we're able to think uh, and understand our values. And most importantly, understand time, which the brainstem also note, I am not a certified doctor. Obviously, I think we, we can tell that. <laughs> but so say, take what I say with a grain of salt. But the brainstem cannot process time. And what that means is what he was feeling and reacting to was a reaction from what had happened 26 years ago. And it took his cortex, which hasn't really been like, which hadn't processed at the time that he is not in Korea. He is not in a war zone. There are not people shooting at him. 
So what this means to me when it comes to a, a class divided and this book is that so much of what has happened in the past, those expectations that we had when we were little kids, our reactions stay with us. But that doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening in the present. And I think this takes form in so many different things, which is why I was so, I guess, inspired to talk about this at this time is it pops up in so many different ways. It pops up in, in schooling when you were told that you weren't as smart. I remember when I was in elementary school, they put us in good, medium, and bad lines. And I can't imagine what being put in the bad line has done to so many of the kids that came from my school. I was thankfully in like the good line. And maybe that's why I believe that I can like do well in school. But think about those who were put in the middle. Maybe now they feel complacent or maybe those who were put in the bad line. Now they fall off and don't feel like they should expect anything of themselves. So that's how it pops up in education. When it comes to sports, oh my gosh. I came and I, oh my gosh, there's someone I really want to bring on. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that she comes on. But when I played volleyball in high school, we lost every single game, every single game in a year. That's crazy. I don't I don't even know if we won a preseason game. And we were just expected as either the underdogs or the straight up losers. And so what that impact has on my brain now when I'm playing volleyball And it also shows up in relationships, whether that be like friend or romantic. I feel like so many of the the feelings of wanting to be loved when we were little can pop up when we get older. And so that's why I bring this up. So just know that if you're not ready yet to pursue what you love or feel like you can reach another level, I feel like unpacking some of the things that have happened in the past And what we learn from a young age is really important. And that brings me to something that I've really been thinking about a lot, which is realizing that there's room at the top. So I was listening to a podcast, as I love to do, on my way to the gym today. And it was was with Kevin Hart and Jay Shetty. Uh, How do I put this? I'll start off with my own story. So I was helping out this one girl with recruiting. She's a sophomore. I recommended to her that she listen to my podcast on consulting, not because I was trying to plug my thing or anything, but because I wanted to share my tips. And I feel like some people don't know where to start. And so I've always wanted to share it so that you have a place or I could always recommend a place. And so she said, why, why are you so open to sharing your knowledge and your tips? Because I feel like in Berkeley, things are very cutthroat or some of the people that I try to ask that go into consulting, they often hold their secrets to the chest. And I said, that's a great question. That is a great question right there. And it goes back to what I said as a quote, oh, circular referencing. I don't even, that's an Excel term. I don't even know if that's the right one, but you get what I, you get what I mean. And I thought, Well, when you teach, you learn it twice. So it's kind of like a win-win. Like when I teach it to you, you learn something new. And when I teach it, I learn something. I also solidify the lesson that I'm teaching, but also 
maybe some of the inter intricacies that I wouldn't yet have thought of before when I'm teaching it. And the other thing that I said was there's, it's crazy because if I share it with you and you learn something, then you grow and then I grow. So then we just both grow. So if we think of a, a pizza, like it went from small pizza to a medium pizza. And what would that do for the world if we all started expanding our pizzas? We would have large, large pizzas. <laughs> and that's what's crazy to me is that in the podcast, he said, we can hold two truths. You can have competition. There's nothing wrong with competition. You can have a conversation about being competitive with those around you. But the other truth that is can be true is that you can still be great and that the person next to you can still be great. Oh my gosh, I'm also making another synthesis in my brain because I was able to take negotiations. There's such thing in a negotiation as a win-win agreement. So something that is low cost for you to give up and high benefit to the other person. And then they give something that's low cost and high benefit to them, to you. It's a win-win. If that doesn't make sense, you can think of the orange example. So there's this one orange, these two people need it, but one person only needs the inside of the orange because they're hungry. And the other person wants to go bake. So they only need the zest. So what they do is one takes the meat and one takes the peel and they both win. And that creates from a small pizza to a medium pizza where they both win. It's crazy. And at first I didn't tell them this, but I was actually kind of like, Mm, like because mm. <laughs> I thought about oh you know what if they get more views or what if um like our content overlaps and I lose listeners or they're just better like they outperform and I was honestly so scared to admit that I just didn't admit it to them and but here's the thing that Kevin said because he also hit that phase in his life that's okay because I'm not saying that that is morally right, but it makes sense. Like I didn't understand that they could do something awesome and I could do something awesome tangentially. <laughs> I love that word. And we could still have space. My therapist also said that just because someone's light shines bright doesn't mean yours gets any dimmer. And that's the same concept. And I'll give you another example. Kevin Hart. Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. I don't really listen to all their comedic stuff, to, to be honest, but in the podcast, he was saying that they all come together and they share their material. Oh, it, this is my five minute playwright. <laughs> uh, and can you critique it? Or another example that they gave is Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and Tarantino. Honestly, I just know Spielberg. Don't know, I know of the other two, but that's it. And so apparently they show each other their movies in like a cute little movie room and they give each other feedback. And so what's crazy about these two examples is that they have so much confidence in who they are in their content that they're able to show it to others and receive feedback. And so I had just made this plan today with my friend that we're going to make time to pursue our passions and, and She's going to help me out with trying to figure out the video or TikTok or I don't even know what else. But we're both making time so that we can elevate each other to larger than that piece of the pie. 
That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I think that's crazy. <laughs> and when we think about creating champions, when we think about having more people be successful, it doesn't have to be in somebody else's way. And I'm learning to learn that, you know, and there's going to be friends who are awesome and have a genius in financial literacy. And there's going to be another at gymming and there's going to be another at being in tune with their emotions and working together to bring out the best in each of those people is how we get to the top. Something else that Kevin mentioned was he was just getting ready. What this means is he took acting lessons with whatever money that he had, even though he had no type of show or acting gig coming up, he prepared content. He prepared the clean, like if a director needed clean uh, comedy, now he had some ready. What if, you know, he needed a 10 minute show versus a five minute versus a one hour, 30 minute show. He had that content ready. So just because your time hasn't come yet doesn't mean you don't show up 100% and get ready for when the time comes. Like me, I don't know where this will go, genuinely. Right now, I'm still kind of in a battle of what, what am I even doing? My mom keeps harping on me for not having like a target audience <laughs> or specific content catered toward this age group. But I don't know. I'm just literally showing up for myself each week, creating show notes, talking to people, learning from their wisdom, and then seeing if they want to be on the podcast to share it with other people and have good conversations. Honestly, I'm just showing up 100% and putting in the reps so that whenever the time comes, whenever the, whatever opportunity comes or that I create, like I am ready. I have built all of this up. Oh, one other thing that I will say with this is like, I was just talking to Christy on my way home from the gym today about what Kevin said in this podcast. I guess this is just a recap of the podcast, but guess what? When you teach, you learn it twice. <laughs> Anyways, um, what Jay said was, what's cool about this is that it's not about where you're going to be. It's about who you're becoming along the process. And so for me, when that time comes, when that like final opportunity or whatever, that awesomeness time comes, I am so proud of the person that has shown up and learned along the way. He said it more eloquently. If you'd like to watch the podcast, highly recommend. <laughs> um, but the last thing that I think is very important when it comes to overcoming learned helplessness or just trying to reach your highest self is being understood and knowing that you don't need to be. And one of the firm examples that I have of this is not my own, but I'm totally blanking on his name. David Goggins, David Goggins. He was on this podcast called Modern Wisdom. And if you don't know this man, golly, impressive, impressive. Like he ran with broken shins and he's not afraid to die because he was in the military or something like that. I'm not really doing him justice, but he is an awesome guy. And, you know, he's a motivational speaker, but all of a sudden 
he decided to instead be a smoke jumper, which is when you jump out of uh, a helicopter or a plane and you go into these tiny pockets of where fires are occurring that no car can reach. And so he did this without like anybody knowing who he was. And he only took whatever pay they were that they were giving, which is only $15 an hour. $15 to put your life in harm's way and fight fires and challenge yourself and be out there potentially for 10 days, no sleep, like not that much water and food and nobody knowing who he was because this, this man's pretty famous. He didn't need to be understood at that point in time. He just wanted to put into action the values that he he shares with people. And that's challenging yourself. That's continuing to learn something and, and be the best that you can be. The reason why I also bring that up is because he shared another story where there was uh, someone who got the Medal of Honor, but this man evidently came back to the military um, or some sort of academy and became a janitor. Didn't tell anybody who he was. He just went back, cleaned the S-H-I-T-T-E-R-S, <laughs> the poopers, and went to go back and serve the community of new new recruits and didn't need to share who he was, what his accolades were. He just merely showed up, didn't need to show off his accolades. And I think that for me is extremely moving because I have always tried to prove myself to other people or to family back home. But honestly, they probably don't care. I mean, maybe they do, but I don't need to be understood or seen as higher than. And when you remove that expectation, oh my gosh, I'm still learning to do it, but it feels so freeing. So if you like this episode, like the episode, leave a rating. That also evidently really helps. So if you enjoyed this podcast or something before, like this podcast or share it with a friend. It really helps out the podcast. But honestly, as I said before, I'm not really here for the likes or the listens. I just want to share this so that other people don't really have to go through this wondering alone. Okay. I'm also very bad at goodbyes, but you do that. Goodbye. I love you. And see you in the next one. Hopefully, because we got an awesome guest. No women's auto. We're talking about mental health. All right. That's the last thing. Are we? Okay. Good, goodbye, bestie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>